song, right? Blog Talk Radio.
Born Marguerite Ann Johnson, born April 4th, 1928, returns home today, May 28th, 2014, was Maya Angelou, Our Lady Soul, was an African-American and poet and author. She published seven autobiographies, three books of essays, several books of poetry, and is credited with a list of plays and movies and television shows spanning more than 50 years. She received dozens of awards and over 30 honorary doctoral degrees. Angelo is best known for her seven autobiographies, which focus on her childhood and early adult experiences. Most popular known, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, in 1969. Tales her life at the age of 17 and brought into international recognition of acclaim. Today we celebrate her life and other topics, but right now we focus on this angel of mercy, this angel of knowledge, this strong, strengthened woman, this woman who started out very tragically as I said before, born in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the second child of Bailey Johnson, a doorman, a Navy dietitian, and Vivian Baxter, a nurse and car dealer. Angelo's older brother was Bailey Jr., nicknamed Marguerite Maya, derived from my sister. When Angelo was three, her and her four her brother and parents, uh, through a uh, tumultuous marriage, it ended with their father sent them to Stamps, Arkansas, alone by train with their paternal mother, Annie Henderson, an astonishing exception, and the harsh economics, African-American uh, t- economics of the time down south. The children and their father came to Stamps without warning, returning them to their mother in St. Louis at age eight while living with her mother, Angelou was sexually assaulted by her mother's boyfriend, a man named Freeman. She told her brother, who told the rest of the family, and Freeman was found guilty and jailed months later. Angelou became mute for five years after the incident, believing as she stated, I thought my voice killed him. I killed that man because I told his name. She was very shaken up by the incident, but her grandmother told her that one day she would be a great lady and a great spokesman and a great speaker, and how fortuitous her grandmother was. Maya has shared all of her beautiful poetry with us over the years and has done a lot for our community so far as being sort of our surrogate mother for all things intelligent and all things grown up. This is your boy, Flossie Jeezy, here this evening. And the name of the show tonight is Maya Angelou, Our Lady Soul, who returns home. One of God's greatest gifts has been returned home. Maya represented a life of grace, teaching, and true poetic justice. So tonight we're going to discuss her and discuss other topics, but initially we're going to focus on her because Our Lady Soul is back with our Heavenly Father. This was a very, very strong woman, a woman of a lot of character, a woman of wonderful grace, 
a woman who was well-published and well-written. This woman's accomplishments not only included a long uh, cinematic career and, and one of teaching, but she was one of the only people that I think I've ever heard of actually never had a college degree, yet taught classes in North Carolina at Wake Forest University. This strong individual, this god mother of ours, was one of the greatest examples of what the human condition um, can be and how you can overcome the condition no matter how bad you start out, no matter how bad things initially go. She showed just how strong she was. And she showed just how strong, you know, everyone else could be around her if they took her example. Shortly after Freeman's murder, Angela and her brother were sent back to their grandmother. And Angela credits a teacher and a friend and her family, Mrs. Bertha Flowers, for helping her speak again. Flowers introduced her to such artists as Charles Dickens, William Shakespeare, Edgar Allan Poe, Douglas Johnson, James Weldon Johnson, authors who would affect her life and her career, as well as female artists Francis Harper, Anne Spencer, and Jesse Fawcett. When Angela was 14, she and her brother moved once again and since, and since has moved to Oakland, California. During World War II, she attended George Washington High School and studied drama and dance and had a scholarship at the California Labor School before graduating. She worked as the first black, excuse me, the first black female streetcar conductor in San Francisco. Always cutting edge, always first. Three weeks after completing school at age 17, she gave birth to her son Clyde, who later changed his name to Guy Johnson. And that is the lone child that survives her to this day. Angela's second autobiography, Gathered Together in My Name, recounts her age from age 17 to 19, that depicts her. You know, as a single mother, slide down on a social ladder into poverty and crime. Angela worked as a front woman and business manager for prostitutes. As a resident cook and as a prostitute, she moved through a series of relationships and occupations in cities as she attempted to raise her son without training or education. But she still prevailed and held strong through everything, once again proving that you could make it through anything if you just set your mind to it. Well, that's how we are going to start this thing out, and we'll be able to discuss this thing throughout the course of the night. And you know what I'm saying? we got plenty of time left. I'm going to go ahead and play something smooth tonight and keep the mellow, um, smooth um, vibe that we have going tonight. Um, we opened up this show with My Lady Soul because, and I, I chose that title because I felt that she always personified you know what I'm saying, that smoothness. And she always spoke to our souls through through music and through art and through poetry, and which touches the soul. So that's why I chose that particular song, and I'll play it again before the night is over. But right now we're going to stay on the smooth, and I'm going to drop a little wine light on you tonight here from uh, the Flossy Jeezy Radio Network, Flossy Jeezy, 646-595-3402. We'll give you a little wine light from my main man, Grover Washington. Mm-hmm. 
Boy, I tell you, nothing like a little bit of Grover Washington Jr. to get you going. That delightful little tune right there was called the Wine Light Album, from the from the song and the album, the Wine Light. You know, we're back live six four six five nine five three four two. It's your boy Fluffy Jeezy sitting in tonight until we're, our other guests appear, and we're just discussing a few of the accomplishments of Maya Angelou. And his sister may have had a uh, a rough start in life and and went through quite a bit of stuff. But the human spirit is always one that shows itself greatest when you have difficulty and struggle. That's how men and women are tested, and that's what shows what kind of metal you have. If you can survive all the rough patches, then you turn out to be, you know, quite the individual, and, and she was. You know, she became a poet and a writer after a series of occupations that were both gratifying and not so gratifying, and we will not tonight, we will not dwell on the negative over this beautiful lady and what all she had to do. Suffice it to say, you know what I'm saying, she survived all the things that she had to survive in order to become the person that she was, and she did an outstandingly fabulous job. Um, she was, amongst other things, a fry cook, a nightclub dancer, and performer, and a cast member of the renowned uh, African-American classic, Porgy and Bess, and she was a coordinator for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. And she also worked abroad as a uh, in Egypt and in Ghana in the days of decolonization as a journalist. So this sister made it all over the globe doing outstanding things, forming her mind and becoming the person that we would later on uh, get to know as the great poet. She was an actor, a, a, a writer, a director, and a producer of plays. And uh, she, uh, you know, in, in public TV programs, she did it all since 1982. Keep in mind, this person didn't have a formal degree in, in college, but because of the spirit of the person she was, she actually taught classes, you know what I'm saying, at uh, Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where, where she uh, went back uh, to heaven this morning, and where she held the first lifetime Reynolds professional uh, professorship of American Studies. She was an active civil rights uh, movement person. She worked with Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. And since the 1990s, she made around 80 appearances a year on the lecturing uh, circuit. So she you know, toured all over and spreaded her wealth of knowledge with, with everyone. You know, something she continued to do into her 80s. In 1983, she recited her poem uh, on, the, on the Pulse of the Morning at Bill Clinton's inauguration, the first poet to make an inaugural, uh, you know, recitation or reciting since Robert Frost Frost did it at the JFK inauguration in 1961. With the publication of I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, Angelou publicly discusses the aspects of her life. She was respected as a spokesman of black people and women, and as her works have been considered a defense of black culture. Attempts have been made to ban her books from some U.S. libraries. Now, isn't that just typical for the way things always go? But they they uh, they have things like Mein Kampf, you know, uh, Nazi doctrine in all U.S. libraries. Amazing how we get dealt with. Let's keep it on, on point tonight. But her works are widely used in schools and universities worldwide. 
Angelou's major works have been labeled as autobiographical fiction, but many critics have criticized them as autobi—excuse me, characterized them as autobiographies. She made a deliberate attempt to challenge the common structure of the autobiography by critiquing and changing and expanding the genre. And her books are the center of such themes such as racism, identity, family, and travel. Angela was best known for her autobiographies, but she also was an established poet. She did a fabulous job of that, fabulous job. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, she was a, she was a terrific and, and a wonderful person who did a lot of stuff. Again, she was born April 4, 1928, the second child of Bailey Johnson, a doorman and a Navy dietitian, and Vivian Baxter, a nurse and a car dealer. Angela's older sister, older brother, uh, Bailey Jr., nicknamed Marguerite Maya, derived from my sister. That's incredible. That's, that's beautiful. When Angela was three, her and her brother and four parents, you know, a uh, calamitous marriage ended, and like I said, her father sent her to, uh, you know, uh, Stamps, Arkansas, where she saw a lot of difficulty, but in the true uh, survivor mode that she was always in, she was a, a survivor and survived a great many things. Um, the harsh economic times of African Americans at the time down south, you know what I'm saying, were, were ever-present. Of course, this is where she probably gained a lot of her life experience and why she was such a great educator on the human condition. Her grandmother uh, prospered financially during the Great Depression and the war because of a general store that she owned. She sold needed basic commodities and uh, she was made wise and honest investments. So that's that's a beautiful thing too. Um, you know, it's always wonderful, you know, to to hear that a person can make it through trials and tribulations and be able to stand tall and stand proud and still be a valued member of the community. And you know, what I'm saying the world has definitely been been blessed, you know, to have had her presence and to have had her around. In her early career in, of adulthood, in 1951, uh, Angelou married a Greek electrician and former sailor and aspiring musician, Tos Angelos. And um, despite the condemnation of interracial relationships at the time and disapproval of her mother, she took to modern dance classes and met dancers and choreographer Alvin Ailey and Ruth Beckford. Beckford. Angelo and Ailey formed a dance team uh, and called themselves Al and Rita and performed modern dance as a fr- at fraternal black organizations throughout San Francisco, but never became successful. Angelo and her husband, uh, new husband and son, moved to New York City where she could study African dance and Trinidadian dance uh, with Pearl Primus, but they returned to San Francisco a year later. After Angelou's uh, marriage ended in 1954, she danced professionally in clubs around San Francisco, including the nightclub The Purple Onion, where she sang and danced to calypso music. Up to that point, she went by the name Marguerite Johnson or Rita, but at the strong suggestion of her managers and The Purple Onion, she changed her professional name to Maya Angelou. A distinctive name that set her apart and captured the feel of her calypso dance and dance performances. 
during 1954-55, she toured Europe with a production company, Opera, Porgy, and Bess. She began to practice and learning the language of every country she visited. In a few years, she gained proficiency in several languages. So she was always, always, always educating herself and always, always, you know what I'm saying, making that, that trip uh, through town, so, uh, so to speak, in all the villages that she was in and learning the cultures and the languages like most African-Americans and like most, most black folks who don't get the credit for, for having that type of smarts. Uh, this sister, once again, was the personification of all things uh, great and wide. In 1957, writing on the popularity of the Calypso at the time, which here again was Calypso Dancing, she also recorded her first album, Miss Calypso, which was reissued on a CD in 1996. And that's a collector album that I'm going to have to get my hands on because me being a music producer myself, I like to, you know, get a feel for everything. I'm sure she's got some wonderful stuff on there. She also appeared in an off-Broadway review that inspired the film Calypso Heatwave, in which Angela sang and performed her own compositions, Always a Trailblazer. She met novelist James O'Killens in 1959, and at his urging, moved to New York to concentrate on her writing career. She joined the Harlem Writers Guild, where she met several major African-American uh, artists, such as John Heinrich Clark, Rosa Guy, Paula Marshall, uh, Julian Mayfield, and also published the first, was published for the first time. In 1960, after meeting civil rights leader Martin Luther King and hearing him speak, she and Killens organized the legendary Cabaret of Freedom to benefit the uh, SCLC, better known to the Southern uh, Christian, it's a Southern uh, Christian Leadership Conference, and uh, she was named the, the Northern Coordinator, according to uh, Lyman B. Hagen. Her contributions to civil rights as a fundraiser were successful and eminently effective. She also became a pro-Castro and anti-apartheid activist. So this sister was doing some large, large stuff, some large, large stuff that uh, most people at the time weren't doing. And you know what I'm saying? Once again, that's a testimony to the person who she was. We're going to take a short break so I can go pay a couple of bills real quick. And uh, when I come back, we'll dive further off into uh, Miss Angelo and the things that she was able to accomplish. And, yes, we will try to get it all in within the next uh, 90 minutes of time that we have left. This is your boy, Flossie Jeezy, and this is the Flossie Jeezy Show Worldwide Radio Network.
study your film and photo flash focus record Said she working on a flick and cut my click through the score She said she loved my show in Paris at Alicia Momar And that I stepped off the stage and took a piece of her heart We knew from the start that things fall apart It tends to shatter, she like, that shit don't matter When I get home, get out of through, let her phone Whatever, let's link, let's get together Shit, you think not? Think the thought went home and forgot Time passed, we back in Philly, now she up in my spot Telling me the things I'm telling of is making her hot Started building with her constantly round the clock Now she in my world like hip hop and keep telling me, telling me, yeah
boy, 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 the information that is studied here on looking at all the folks that this sister ran into for discussing Maya Angelou, of course. You know, God bless her in home and everything this evening, uh, this morning, and, uh, you know, meeting up with the father this evening. I'm sure that, you know, folks up there are dancing and having a good time and glad that she arrived. She's with a, a wonderful group of folks up there that have come before uh you know what I'm saying? A lot of us do the return home, and I'm quite sure that there will be a honor to have her up there as we have been to have her here. Um, looking at some other stuff where she had traveled the world and seeing that uh, she had actually became close friends with Malcolm X during the early 60s in, over in uh, Accra, Africa over there, and uh, she returned to help him build a new civil rights organization, the Organization for Afro-American Unity, but he was uh, assassinated shortly shortly after that. But, you know what I'm saying, she was always, 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 you know, in with the, with the heavies and, and, and learning and researching and getting things done. You know, she worked as a market researcher in Watts and witnessed the riots of the summer of 1965, and she acted in, in, in role plays and returned to New York in 1967. She met a lifelong friend, uh, Rosa Guy, and renewed uh, her friendship with James Baldwin, who she met in Paris in the 1950s, and called uh, my called my brother during this time. And her friend Jerry Purcell provided her with the stipend and supported her writing. In 1968, she was asked uh, by Martin Luther King to you know organize a march, and she agreed. The post uh, postpones uh, again, and what Gillespie calls is the macabre of a twist of fate. He was assassinated, you know, on her 40th birthday on April 4th, uh, 1968. I remember how my parents felt because my birthday was the next day on April 5th. And it's incredible how, you know, your lives can be touched that way. Uh, her being born May 4th, me born in April at the same time. It's quite incredible how your lives and paths cross. Um, devastated again, she was encouraged out of her depression by her friend uh, James Baldwin as Baldwin, uh, uh, excuse me, as Gillespie states, in 1968, it was the year of great pain and loss and sadness. It was the year when America first witnessed the uh, the, the uh, breath and the death of Maya Angelou's creative spirit. And uh, despite all, most no experience, she wrote and produced and narrated Blacks, Blues, Black, 10-part short documentary, the connection between the blues music and black Americans, the American heritage, and what my eyes would call African-Americanisms still current in the United States. You know, the National Educational uh, Television and the uh, precursor of PBS, also in 1968, inspired a dinner in which she and Baldwin and cartoonist Jules Pfeiffer and his wife Judy uh, challenged by Random House editor Robert uh, uh, Loomis. She wrote her first biography, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Basically a, um, you know, uh, a pretty much an autobiography of sorts about her life and her life experiences and things that she had, uh, you know what I'm saying, came across and dealt with, you know, from that point. Um, then it says later in her career, you know, uh, her Georgia, Georgia, produced by Swedish Film and, and, and filmed in uh, Sweden was the first screenplay written by a black woman. This sister was always a member of doing, 
you know, first projects and first things and, and always, you know, somehow getting our feet wet in some of the most stricurious places to, of creativity that you ever want to see. It was just incredible to, to watch how these things worked out. You know, during this time also, uh, that was released in uh, 1972, she also wrote the film Soundtrack. And despite having a very uh, little addition to of input in filming of the movie, she married um, Welsh Carpenter, an ex-husband of, uh, of Jermaine Greer, um, Paul Defoe in, in San Francisco in 1973. In the next 10 years, as Gillespie stated, she accomplished more than artists hoped to achieve in a lifetime. She worked as a composer for singer Roberta Flack, ooh-wee, uh, <laughs> and, and composing music scores. She wrote articles and short uh, stories, uh, TV scripts, documentaries, autobiographies, poetry, produced plays, and was uh, named visiting professors of several universities and stuff. So they, they, they loved the sister and the way that she was able to get down and, and, and get her feet wet and become, you know, the star that she became. You know, in the, in the late 1970s, Angelou met Oprah Winfrey when uh, Winfrey was a TV anchor in Baltimore, Maryland. And Angelou would later become Winfrey's close friend and mentor. In 1981, Angelou and Defoe uh, divorced, and she returned to the southern United States in 1981, where she was accepted the lifetime uh, Reynolds professorship of uh, academics and American studies at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina. Uh, from that point on, she considered herself a teacher, uh, who writes, and uh, you know what I'm saying? She's, it's incredible. This sister didn't have any formal education, but somehow she, you know, she, her life experience, and she was such an inspiring person, she was able to teach and educate and, and um, you know what I'm saying, spread her beautiful poetry and everything else across, you know, a wide variety of subjects in philosophy and ethics and theology and science, theater, and writing. I'm telling you, your sister was, was on point and was able to get everything done. She, you know, she stood in and she did, you know, poetry at, at the Bill Clinton inauguration again in, in, uh, in, in 1993, and no one had done that up to that point and, you know, for almost 20 years. And she was able to actually, 22 years, and she was able to actually get in there and, and, and accomplish getting that done. So, so if my math serves me correctly, that was actually 33 years that it took for someone to get in there and actually do poetry at an inauguration, which I, I feel is uh, absolutely incredible. This is a person, like I said before, that was, you know, simplistic in so many ways, but at the same time, you know, is inspiring in more ways than, than one could ever, you know, I mean, imagine that a person could be. And, I mean, she was always just, you know, striving for, for perfection and for blessings, and she's going to be sorely missed. Well, it looks like I got someone on the scene, my main man uh, from Seattle, the man with the plan, the Emerald City, Sugar Ray. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, bro? Man, just holding it down and talking about this beautiful, beautiful sister that went to heaven today. What's going on with you? Oh, yeah, Maya. Maya Angelo, yeah, most definitely. Everything's good with me, man. Been busy, man. Doing a lot, you know, being a father of these kids, man. And they and they and they're, and they're old enough to do their thing, but you know what? Daddy always got it. <laughs> <laughs> that 
nothing wrong with that at all, man. You know, the top topic tonight, of course, you know how it goes down. You know what I'm saying? I had to break out the temptations, man. You know, our our lady soul, man, sister, you know what I'm saying, Uh, you know, went to heaven this morning, you know. You know, poet laureate, you know, you know, you know, professor, theologian, you know what I'm saying? Sister didn't have a formal college education, but was the first person I ever know like that who actually taught at uh, Wake Forest uh, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and actually held it down as a professor there, you know, with her studies and stuff. I mean, an incredible person, man, one of of God's greatest gifts to return home, and, you know, she lived a life of grace and teaching and true poetic justice, you know. I mean, just just all that. Yeah, she, she, you know, I mean, I, I I can't even speak volumes about how much you know she means and how much she how much she meant missed to so many people and the legacy she left behind. I mean, one thing I didn't know about her, man, is she spoke so many different languages. And mm. no, and the thing also I didn't know is her education level. She didn't really. She didn't. She was. She didn't complete high school, and she didn't. Uh, uh, um, I don't know. I'm not really sure about how much college you got, but what I'm saying is that's not a shot. It's just that the ability to still progress and learn. Because the thing about it is, man, is that when you think of somebody, you know, around this world, when somebody don't have a their high school dropout or whatever, people think the worst of them. But right. with her, man, you have to look at look at look at how great. <laughs> Look how great of a person and how many things she achieved. And look at, you know, how big of a person that she is, man, because what people don't understand, she goes in the ranks of Mandela, you know. I mean, we had some great people that passed over the years, man. But she's one of the most living legends that, I mean, one of when she passed away, but she was one of the living legends that were current for us. And right now, um, like I said, the level of Mandela, you know, she goes back over the same level as MLK. She's a representation of what what, was, what the struggle and what the past and what we've been through and what we have done for ourselves and what we need to continue doing. I mean, it's, I mean, she's 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 a pioneer, man. I mean, it's one hell of a hell of a story about her, man. And right now, it's something that right now. It's a date that people should mark down and use and understand and say, hey, this is when somebody so-and-so died. This person here was very, very instrumental. To be honest with you, man, I think every public school, see, this is a problem I have with a lot of people, you know, I mean, with, with America when it comes down to, you know, our history. You know, people have to understand, man, that somebody that great, somebody that big and that powerful, you know, and no matter what race or whatever nationality, and I just feel like it should be known. It should be something to where it should be said in every public school and take a moment of silence because you have to make uh, some kind of special moment and make it big when somebody passes away like that. And... You know, that's just that's education our kids because our kids don't know. Our kids don't know. They got their things. They worry about little stuff like prom. They worry about, you know, what they're wearing. They, they worry about little, little stuff. 
but it's more an educational thing, man, that people need to know. And you don't want them to just get it from a textbook or something that somebody created. True enough, give them a textbook to read about it and they learn about it. That's great. But at the same time, when that event happens, like today, kids should go to school tomorrow and have that be known. Or better yet, a pre- the principal or somebody to make a special announcement to call all the parents on the phone call. It's just one of those things, man, that people need to be acknowledged and understand, man, that you never know a good thing until it's all gone. That's it. Uh, That's yeah, it. and it's real, man. And think about it. You know, people like like my man, um, Notorious B.I.G. B. said, you know, nobody knows you until you until they kill you or until you die. That's when people know about you. That. They don't really yeah. represent, I understand you. I forgot his song goes, but he was talking about that. But, uh, yeah. It's That's real, exactly man. I right. mean, it's, it's 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 that heavy, man. I mean, so so bad about it is, man, that you know what things gonna happen. Like right now, you know, one of my living legends that I admire and that I want to go out probably, I might do it. I might do it tonight, man. Is Muhammad Ali? I have him on my mm. desktop. I have a I have a thing of him on my desktop. And I may go in tonight on my Facebook and whatever or anything associated with me and have his profile pic on there. And at the same time, I want to go to the point of buying any clothing that he may have because after they pass away or whatever, people are going to try to profit and try to sell and try to, you know, create this thing about it. But I want to show mine before they go. Right. That's how I feel about Maya Angelo and all the living legends. Man, this was a cold system, man. I mean, I, I was sitting up here reading some of the stuff to our listeners. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 646-595-3402 if you want to chime in. Uh, you know, your experiences and thoughts of the day. This sister, you know, met with Malcolm X and was about to Helped him with his program, and he got assassinated. And then, you know, the day before my birthday, in in '68, on April 4th, she had met with Martin Luther King to, you know, arrange, you know, a, you know, a march and stuff. And, uh, and and was trying to get together with him. And, uh, you know, evidently, you know, she was a coordinator for for Martin Luther King as well. And and uh, you know, she she uh, actually. Through helping him through his activation, uh, he said he asked her to organ, organ, organize a march for him, and she agreed, but uh, postpones again what uh, Gillespie calls uh, a macabre twist of fate on on, on uh, his on, on uh, her 40th birthday. Uh, like I said, the day before my fifth birthday, uh, Martin Luther King got, gets killed. You know, and she has to turn to, uh, you know, James Baldwin and some of the other folks to pull her out of her depression. But she was always part of some kind of educational activism, you know what I'm saying, creating stuff. You know, she's the one who basically was um, structure, who was one of the probably most known, not only as a, one of the first black uh, publisher women, but she actually produced, you know, a uh, uh, soundtrack for Roberta Flagg. She, you know, produced, uh, you know, all kind of, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, movies and stuff. And she was in Ghana 
and in and in another uh, uh, African city over over in uh, in uh, in Africa as a publisher, and she actually was helping helping publish a newspaper. I mean, this was this was a, this was a cold system, and she she did a, a, a lot of stuff. And I was reading some of the stuff on the on the Wikipedia man on some of the stuff that she accomplished, and I'm like, you know, you know, she was she was part of the original Porgy and Bess. You know what I'm saying? They they basically uh, sent it the Calypso dancing around her, you know, was was the dance of the day, you know, for for for, for Calypso artists and stuff like that. So she was always part of something larger than herself. And a person and for you know, I've often said that you know you can have a college degree and that's a wonderful thing and everything. But the history of how college got started was back in the back in the in the, in the, in the uh, slave days. Colleges were established because kids would turn 18 years old, and they, their parents wanted wanted them to get out the house because they were a challenge to the fathers, and they were grown men. So in order to get them interested in a craft, because they didn't know what they were going to do after high school, because high schools even wanted as advanced during slave times, they had these they, they established colleges so kids could go off and learn a trade, and then that would be the job that they would do for the duration. But and then today, of course, they charge all this money and way too much money just to get a simple education or a simple even bachelor's degree for everything. But you know, they, they, the uh, emphasis is put on college is crazy. But here's a sister that didn't have, didn't even really even graduate high school, like you said, and she was still able to hold down a professorship at a major university uh, in America because of her life experience and. and, and when you live life and you're able to teach experience from life, that's a sociology degree, whether people want to view it that way or not. It is. It's a it's a sociology degree and it's a degree of of science of sorts because you know your 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 life experience is kind of the best teacher because you can educate based on the things that you actually know that you have lived actual, and that's what kind of person she was. And I mean, she directed movies, she directed soundtracks. You know, she was you know. You know the, the artist is artist, so it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. She, yeah, she, yeah, she was a powerful person, man. Powerful person. I mean, um, I mean, very powerful. I don't know if um, I can think of any other black woman, you know, in, in, in this time and age, that's more powerful. And when I say yeah. power, I mean, I mean. That has that, you know, that that journey, you know, been been around at that time and and this time, and being able to be so, you know, um, that has that much impact on on our culture, you know. And I've seen her, man, and I heard her, and we, and you know, when Barack Obama was brought in, she was, you know, she was well heard. But I mean. She's uh she's definitely definitely uh somebody I would say it's a legend. You know. Yeah. She's a, she's a one of our all time black greats, man. Yeah, she she's she's definitely a legend, man. She's definitely a legend and, and, and she won't be forgotten anytime soon. And I just wanted to spend the the first hour of the show kind of, you know, going through some of her life experiences and sharing with the listeners, you know, some of the stuff that she has done 
and uh, you know, you know, God accepted a, a for really for real angel into the into the, uh, the fold this morning. I mean, she 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 went kind of the way that that I would want to go. You know what I mean? She uh, she set up and uh, you know she was able to pass away in her sleep and probably accept the Lord's prayer from from that posture and everything. And I mean, that's 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 a beautiful thing when you're able to you know pass in your sleep and. And, and, and you've lived a, a you know a wonderful life and know that you have and you know it, people were it's almost as if people were complaining because she wasn't able to make some of the engagements and you know this woman this woman passed away this morning in, in her in her 80s almost 90 years old 88 years old it's a long time for a person to be on this planet and have lived and have done as many things as she had done but it was fortunate for her that she was able to live a full and blessed life and. You know we're 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 definitely short on a lot of knowledge and a lot of history right there uh, with her passing. Yeah, man. You know, oh man, I, I, somebody like that, man. I would love to just say, but I, you know, I, that's one thing I want to do when I go home. And I want to go home, and I like to sit there and talk to. Probably the oldest person I can find, oldest black person I can find. And the thing about it, I want to talk to them to get a, a feel or get an idea on you know on what things in their life, you know, about the past, about because they've been through some things that we have never ever will understand. Right. We 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 can comprehend, we can read, we can do knowledge on it and study, but the impact of actually dealing with it—that's another different thing. I mean, I'm serious. That's that's a um, that's a whole different level, man. It is. It is, and then, like I said, I've 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 enjoyed this. This hour of being able to, you know, reflect on yet another, you know, blessed icon, man. I mean, we we we've been blessed with in, in a bit. We've lived in a great generation, you and I, where music, art, entertainment. Then we've seen the transition of the good stuff, the bad stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything we we've been able to to, to see and and and, and uh, you know go through a transference, as it were. Of, uh, and a changing of the guard from, you know, some of the most righteous folks that we could have ever been blessed to be around and know uh, to the current day where there's a lot of head scratching and a lot of, you know, different, you know, trifling things that's going on, like, you know, the you know the, the, the soup of the day, the soup du jour, the flavor of the day is Floyd Mayweather, you know what I'm saying, getting into a confrontation with, T.I. over, over you know, you know, individual who obviously, you know, we didn't know all the details, but, you know, uh, evidently they, they haven't been living together. This, you know, T.I. has kind of went on and got his own house and but still didn't want her, you know, doing her thing. And, you know, just irrelevant stuff that really doesn't hold that same flavor, so to speak, uh, of, uh, of, of, of a sister like this or... Or Malcolm or Martin, and I think you, you know you you touched on it just appropriately as we fade on out of this. Uh, and, and, and God bless you, sister. But as, as as we 
both been, been kind of looking at this thing, and we talked about it last night. You touched on it perfect. There's not enough importance given to things that are important to us as black people. There's not enough leadership that we can turn to. There's not enough uh, examples that our children can have out there. And we, we you know, we're, we're on full dumbed-down status on a lot of stuff that we shouldn't be dumbed down on. And here's a person that was poor for a good portion of their life but still made the most out of what they had with, you know, mind, body, and soul and every sacrifice that you can imagine a person can make. This sister made it, and people of her time made it the same way. And as I wrote earlier when I was talking to someone about it, Martin and Malcolm didn't come here and met here and Elijah. They didn't come here and go through all they went through, the attacks and the and the verbal and physical abuse for us to get gain wealth and then go on vacation. They didn't die yeah. for that. Right. They didn't sacrifice for this. You know what I'm saying? You spoke of it last night and you know, go on, go on, go on and grab the torch, man, and and and, and, and speak on that because. I mean, that's, 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 when you consider what we're going through with this right here, that, that's pretty deep that you were talking about last night. It's true. Speak on that. Uh, what was it I actually speak on? What was it? Well, you were saying that, you know, we don't, we don't, we, 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 we're in a dumbed-down mode. We right. don't have any, 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 you were saying that wouldn't it be great if we had a T.I. or a Floyd Mayweather or, or, oh, or yeah, one of these yeah. impressionable folks that our children are, are, are weak. I mean, we we grown, but, you know, if we're looking for people that they always want to use that term role model when, when they're afraid of, and they created the, the term role model, and, and my translation of that is blacks that have status and you're afraid of your white child uh, seeing that we got status and, and therefore you got to create all this role model stuff. But if we did go face value for the role model is, how wonderful it would be to have Real examples and not the dumb down mode that we're in. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, man. You know, I, I, I was thinking like you know, um, in certain situations, there has to be a situation. Uh, I guess I would call it a nine one one situation or an emergency for our people to basically say, "Hey, we got to do something to basically." pay homage to or basically something that we can say uh, we can get ba- I guess basically making an, an, an uh, impact on American on the world and we need to do it together and how is it going to start and what I'm talking about is something going to have to start by somebody with power someone who has big influence someone who has a large setting, and the person who's gonna to have to do that, it has to be somebody with money that makes money, that's out there, that's public. Somebody like a Floyd Mayweather or LeBron James. And what I'm saying is, they have to do something and look at themselves and say, okay, my life has gotten to this level, to where I am somebody to everybody in the entire world. I'm LeBron James. Everybody know me. I have a big impact on what's going on in this big Clamar, this big old thing called the NBA. 
And the thing about it is, man, is that he has to come out and possibly take up on his shows and do an Ali move and say, hey, I want to make a special announcement. Because he can call a press meeting if he wanted to. And he can say, I, have a, I want to make a moment and I want to speak directly to the African-American population and all the Africans all around the world, people of my descendant. I want us to be able to take a certain day every year to pay homage to us, or maybe a whole weekend, or maybe anything to where we don't do anything, and this is our day of recognition, our day to reflect, sit down, and um, enjoy. And we have, you can have barbecues, you can do anything that day, and that's our day every year. That's a black holiday. See, that's something that we need and that we do something that big and it can be felt all around the world. And it's us paying homage. That's how you become great. And that's how you become a great, not only on the basketball court, but that's how you become right. great in the history books. And what I'm trying to say is those type of moves and that type of power is the type of power we need and that's something powerful that everybody would set, even biracial people or anybody with any type of African descendant would step up and say, hey, this is my day. I'm taking this day out. But what the problem is, though, you have to understand, and it, it, could be, it could be a situation that everybody put that situation and say, okay, I do that. And they have to create a bill. They have to acknowledge that. They will have to say yes, okay. They will have to go along with that and make that a day. And for that day, and that's the power. That's the power of the people. That's the type of power that we can do and we can necessarily have an impact on the, on, on the economy and everything in a way to where people can recognize and, say, and see our importance, no matter what's going on that day or whatever. And if it's, but if it's a basketball game or somebody like that, a football game or whatever, okay, you do it that day. But at the same time, the, the acknowledgement goes to where we wear certain colors, like red, black, green, or something like that. Because, you know, you have Cinco de Mayo. People wear black people wearing uh, Mexican stuff and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, we don't say that. I mean, we, we need to have something. I mean, Thanksgiving, I mean, what, what is that? We need to the have Irish wear green and white. The exactly. Irish wear green and white. You know? Exactly. See what I'm saying? Exactly. So those type of steps like that, that's just one. But those type of things is not on the minds of us. The reason why we don't think like that is because we are in a situation of money. We're in this rat race of trying to get money, trying to get money. You know how you put a rat in a cage and you're running over chasing the cheese and you never get it? That's what right. a lot of people, that's what, we, that's what a lot of blacks are like. And, he, and like, you take a stick and poke, take a stick and poke his ass a couple of times and test him up so he can't concentrate. Right. Exactly. Man, that's a man, I'm gonna tell you something right now today, man. You know, I saw one of the most powerful posts I have ever seen. Ever hmm. seen. It was a cartoon. It was a it was in the it's, it's posted in the period of Black Planet. It's called it, it was a it was a track. Guys racing. And I'm going to right. go in there, and I'm, I'm going to repost it, post it everywhere. I'm going to keep that going for a while. 
that is, if you watch that, it's a four, about a five-minute, four-minute uh, cartoon video of guys racing to do track. That video is so, so, so deep that I don't know. How, it, 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 it just tripped me out when I looked at it. I was like, wow, this is, this is a track meet. This is a track meet. And you need to watch it. I can't say more, but if you guys give it on Facebook, please. Knock at the door of Fear of the Black Planet, uh, your Flossy Jeezy, worldwide. It's going to be posted there. It's going. It's very, very in-depth, and you'll understand where it's coming from. But, uh, but, you know, but the thing about it, man, there's a lot of things, man, that we can talk about, a lot of things we're going to do. I do. Uh, I, I would like to be around such people as yourself and other people around the country and other around the world to kind of plot and strategize. I would love to sit back and talk to a Nellie Fuller or a Dr. Umar Johnson or Dr. Claude Anderson or a Tyree Nashi. You know, just talk to guys who are out there actually doing it. But at the same time, me and my man, Nelson King Sr., we sit here and, hey, Flossie Jeezy, we can do it ourselves and we're going to do it. Because it's, it's a lot of things that you have, I have, a lot of things we're going to talk about that we are not able to, that we want to bring to the forefront. And we could do that in the name of our legends, man. You know, people like Maya Angelou who passed away today. You know, uh, Nelson Mandela, who, you know, who passed away not long, not long so ago. You know, he just passed away not so long ago. And then also we got, uh, we got a lot of people that are living right now. Martin Luther King, you know. I mean, it's a lot of people, a lot of people, not Muhammad Ali, I'm saying Muhammad Ali, I'm sorry, I got distracted. It's a Muhammad Ali, you know what you're saying? There's a lot of people that are still, uh, that are still living that we can always do uh, do things for, you know. And um, I just think, that, man, there's a lot of ideas, a lot of things I want to play. And I hope you understand what I was talking about, about the uh, about the holiday thing, man. Those type yeah. of things are, are very, very powerful, man. But we got guys like T.I. and Floyd Mayweather. They, they're young guys, and they're caught up. And they, those, it's a lot of people who don't listen to their brain. They're too caught up in two egos, man. They're not into trying to, you know, impact or trying to make a serious impact. Guys don't want to be great. You have to ask yourself, what can I do to be great? No. Dudes think about the basketball court. They think about the football. They think about the rap. They think, about, no, how can I be great? Because when I'm dead and gone, I want to go down. I want to be great, like Maya. Like I want to be like Maya. You know, I want to be like Mandela. I want to be like MLK, Malcolm X. I want to be like Ali. I want to be great. Dudes ain't thinking like that. I want to be like Huey P. Newton. You know what I'm saying? I want to be great. I want to be somebody that you can go on YouTube and they can look at my stuff years and years and years. Not just because I can dribble a basketball. I can catch touchdowns, run fast and jump. No, not because of that. But you want to have that on your legacy. But at the same time, you want to be able to have something else that you did for your people to go along with that. That's how you become great. Because these guys are right now. Ain't nobody great yet. 
When you think about what you just said right there, think about what you just said. Michael Jordan was probably one of the most action-packed, thrilling, action-packed guys there was, but you don't hear him really talked about it no more. You don't really hear people, other than making comparisons to other players, you don't really hear him being reflected upon anymore in any uh, great sense of the word, you know, reflected upon somebody. Uh, we, we acknowledge and we know he's there. We acknowledge and we know what he accomplished. But the point I'm making is that we don't see him in that way that, you know, you would look at a Maya Angelou or 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 a uh, or a Malcolm X or a uh, you know what I'm saying something like that you don't you don't you don't look at them in those in those terms at least no, I don't because, look at them in those terms no yeah. because 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 the thing about a lot of dudes see this is the thing man guys don't understand it's just like the it's just like people don't understand man that money money is not gonna be money is not the it's not the equal of it. It's not. It doesn't make everything okay. You have to understand, man. There is more to it than just that, man. Because see, we making money. You buy fancy things, and we this and that. So we in this rat race, and we think it's all good. We think it's all good. If you go listen to the people from the Rainbow Coalition, they'd be thinking like, oh, them old guys like so and so. Them they'd be thinking, oh man, we didn't come a long way. We didn't come a long way. Well, no, we haven't come a long way. We just got money. We still slavery. We just got money this time. See what I'm saying? See the thing about right. it is that people people don't understand is that we are we don't have nothing, man. We don't own nothing. See, people say, "Oh man, we own stuff. We 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 go oh, Michael Jordan. He owned the basketball team. Who cares about? Okay, we got one black owner. Okay, right. Okay, but people are stuck on owning the house or owning the car. We barely can get that." What I'm talking about, what type of industry do we control any industry? You know, we don't have no industry like the cell phone industry and the black man's created the cell phone. But at the same time, the transportation issue, I mean, transportation industry, uh, any type of industry, I mean, something major that has an impact on the economy. We built this country, but yet we don't get nothing out of it. Everybody in this whole entire country, every nationality, everybody of any other color has a backbone. Any Asian, any Mexican, they can always go back to where they come from. They are here because they have descendants that were here. They basically came here. We didn't come here on our own. And the thing about it is we came here, and at the same time, the Jewish people and all them people and and Japanese and all that kind of stuff, everybody got their kind of reparations. We don't got nothing, man. We got cats. We barely can get a goddamn job in this motherfucker. <laughs> and the thing about it, we get a job or somebody else get more money than us, we mean mugging like wondering what's wrong with you. Why you ain't got what you got, man? I'm good. I got mine, man. You better get your money. That's the attitude. Get your money. So when you get your money, dudes get a certain position, they think they better. That's when they ride the coon train. That's when they don't want to deal with you. Then they mess around, get they they they, they certain woman or whatever. Because black, white, black, and both black people can be on that coon train. They get to the point where they make a certain amount of money. They think they're better than somebody. Then they go and move out in the suburbs. 
think they think everything's all good. I think they part of something. And and wondering why you ain't got this, why you ain't got that. And that's a and that's a problem, man, and the thing about it. They could talk all that noise, but neither one of us got shit. Nothing. Brother, we ain't got nothing because you got a car and I don't. Or because you got a house and I don't. That makes you better? No. Because you know who owns all that stuff you got? The white man owns all that stuff. Every last bit of it. Every last bit of it. And he making money out of it. And the thing about it, people say, well, go to college, man. You know, go to college, man. Play ball, man. You get your school paid for Okay, get your school paid for. Okay, well he going he he he, he do what he do because he play ball. He gonna get the way he gonna get. But if he don't get if he don't get anything playing ball, he gonna have a problem getting a job. No matter what kind of tuition he gets or what types of uh, education he gets from college. Because I know a dude who went to college at Grambling State. He graduated from it, and he ended up couldn't find a job. He had to work at Kmart, right at Kmart. You know, psychology major. Take but a whole the lot is, of people are getting it figured out, boy. They just can't get yeah. it figured. And what they and what people don't understand is, like I said before, people always want to say, "Well, what's the deal? What's the no, People don't understand. You, it's, it's systematic. It's a systematic system, and the systematic white supremacy. They are empowered to hire what they want to hire. They hire the number of blacks they want to hire. You know, there's a certain amount of people they don't want. They, if they, they, you'll never go to a job that's owned by white folks that has more black folks. You can always go to a job that has more white folks than it has black folks. You'll have a small amount of black folks. See what I'm saying? Right. You can go to you can go to Atlanta. You can go to D.C. You can go to Detroit. Detroit, the blackest. Now, I've been to these places. I looked them up, and I know people in those places. And the thing about Detroit, which I was born there, right. what's so cool about that area is that's a like 90 plus, 90, probably 95% black, or probably 92 or something like that, I don't know. But the point I'm trying to make is, though, that whole city went bankrupt. That whole, I mean, they bankrupt. So imagine how it is for them. You know what I mean? And why is it why is it why why is it wherever you have the most blacks at why is it the most crime? Why is why is it a situation where in Chicago in Cabrini Green I think that is guys every weekend is a shootout. People got killed so many times that, that right now man that they, people don't even report it man it's just the norm now. People are immune to it like oh it's just Chicago it's no big deal. They kill all the time. So if they don't care about each other, black people, if they don't care about each other, white folks ain't gonna care either. They're gonna come and say, "Hey, it's another brother killed. We're gonna just clean these people off our yard, off our uh, streets, and let them kill some more. Let them kill off each other." And at the same time, we'll just keep on putting people in prisons to keep that business going, because that's the number one business popping right now. That popping, that, that business is popping. The jail system is popping. Well, you got to ask yourself the question, too, back on the Detroit thing and Chicago thing and New York City and all these other places, why are we afraid to let each other fly? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we, we like, 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 like Fox said on the Machiavelli album and song, 
crazy, I, you know, I, I'm watching time fly. I love my people do or die, but I wonder why we get to let each other fly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and we are. We it's it's almost as if it's like a, it's like an epidemic, and, and, and crabs in a barrel, and we see one or the other ready to make that move, ready to make that launch, ready to right. get to that next level. We right. we start having convulsions and panic attacks, and we either want to knock off, shoot off, kill off, lynch off, break off the person that they think might be on his way to success, we're afraid to see each other be successful uh, and, and make a successful climb or a successful move. And that's disturbing to me because the man, the, man can't, the, man can't, the man can't stand you. Yeah, man, he can't. He can't stand you, right? He can't stand to see you rise. Why do we hate to my question is, why do we need to see each other rise? Right. I mean, I know Absolutely there's a lot right, of us who have reasons that are selfish and so selfish, uh, 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 you know, that, you know, when they say that there's the word nigger and then there's the word niggardly, and I'm talking about now the the mental uh, the mental disability of niggardliness, which, which, which is kind of arrogant and ignorant at the same time. That word, not the nigger, not the nigger word. We know about that one, but the actual mental, uh, mental uh, disability, as it were, mentally challenged thing right. of being hating on your own and afraid to see ascension, afraid to see your brother rise. I got a problem with that because you know, it, not not everybody is selfish. Not everybody is. Is, is, is of linear or singular thoughts. Some of us out here, if there, I have an opportunity to 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 um, to, um, to get or or, or 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 elevate, seems to me like there might be one 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 to two for every twenty that might actually help enough where it becomes a pyramid. You know, it's almost like the commercial you see the good deed that gets done, right? And then another person does it later on. To somebody else, and then another person does it later on to somebody else. And I think that's the 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 the, uh, the teach the the the, uh, the teach one, uh, a preach one, teach one, and another one will teach another one, and then that one will teach two. That pyramid thing. But we are right. so afraid to watch each other sin. What, what's what's the deal with that, Sugar Ray? What 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 do you think leads to that? Us being scared. Yeah, of us being scared to let each other fly. Or, 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 to, or to support each other. It's, it's like it's like it's like it's like you, you know once you, once you know, once once you, once you were in, in having a conversation in hip hop sports the several ones that you had where you yeah. talk to cats and they say things like, "No man, I don't think we can have our own teams. I don't think we can have our own associations. I don't think we can have our own corporations because, you know." You know, black folks just can't get along. We just don't trust each other. Oh, okay. What do you, what do you think that com- what, do you, what do you think that comes from? Ah, man, you know, <clears throat> you know, Nels, I, I, I really that's a good question. Let me see. I mean, it's it's something that's been passed on for a long, long, long time. It comes I always come back from, you know, I, I really think about 
the house nigga and the field nigga. I really believe that. I think that's where it all come from. But I think it also come a situation where we always been very jealous of each other and always been battling each other, trying to impress uh, 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 the, the man or whatever. We kind of like in a situation where, you know, like if I go home and start talking to some cats, some cats will get to the point where, oh, man, you, you, you talk different or you act different. But it's not a situation like that. But some dudes use it as an arrogance or showboat or whatever. But you don't have to do too much. You can just be yourself and people Find up at you and try to judge who you are. You know, I I remember one time and I was talking to uh, one guy in a hip hop sports group one time, and he was you know posting some stuff and and the thing about it was he kept saying y'all you know y'all they doing this on y'all and y'all accept that y'all get at a pass and I told him that. You know, I like the information you drop, but at the same time, you shouldn't rub it in somebody's face, or you shouldn't try to diss somebody for not knowing. You should educate that person, and also at the same time, be the point where you don't know. I say, if you're going to be a, if you, if you, if we, if we're going to have a revolution, and we're going to go to war, and you, and you're a general or a leader. You're not a leader doing that. You're not going to lead nobody to do that. You're going to have more people against you. They're going to shoot you in the back. Your, your right. troops are going to, when, you, when we're making a charge at the guy and you leading the way, they're going to, your own man going to shoot you in the back and you leading the way. He's going to shoot you right, in the, right behind you. He's going to shoot you just because right. he don't like the way you lead because he don't like the way you act based off something you did previously. And the thing about it, man, is that you can share information with cats, man. But cats have a situation to where they always – Want to joke? They want to laugh, right. and that's right. that's that slave that's that slave mentality of of niggas, man. That they don't that they don't understand that. Hey, man, I don't have newfound knowledge. I'm just trying to share something with you. Oh man, you oh you sugar Malcolm, you sugar you you oh you oh you, you okay Malcolm X, you Malcolm X, huh? You this and that. Why why see and and, and that's like that's like. That's like a mock, but at the same time, it's a compliment. But it's at the same time, people think it is a joke, man. And you can't share people with nothing with nobody. You can't right. say anything to nobody. You can't talk to these fools. So it's, it gets to the point, man, that through energy, it's just best not to deal with them because they because they because they want to dumb you down. So the best way not to deal with it is just not to deal with it. And the guys that be that way are basically just. Guys who want to be, stay dumb always will be dumb because all they know is dumb, and they're gonna always want to keep bringing people down. And that's a, that's the thing. You go into a situation, and you can tell a dude, say, "Nah, bro, I don't, I don't mess around. I don't, I don't eat pork." First thing they oh, you a Muslim? No, man, I'm not a Muslim, man. I just don't eat pork, man. I don't eat this. I, you know, see, that's the thing. Oh man, I eat it. I don't care. That's ignorant, man. That's ignorant. That's just straight ignorant, man. I mean, I can't understand it. Why? You know, if somebody, if, if a white dude's talking, say, no, nah, man, I don't eat the pork chops there. It's okay. We don't eat pork chops. Done deal. Done deal. Right. But see, some people put, but when it comes to blacks, always a stereotype from whites 
and blacks learn the same thing because they carry the same stereotype that whites carry. So the thing about them, what I come to realize is, man, that both of them, it's lack of knowledge, lack of education, lack of stupid. I have my hair twisted, right? I twisted myself. And I make it look real fly, line it up and everything. I go to work. Just to see, people say, oh, man, I like your hair. Some people say, oh, what's up with your hair? That's, that's black people. What's up with your hair? So nothing, it's just a hairstyle. I'm just basically just twisting it. But every white person, oh, man, I like your hair, man. That looks nice. I like that. But the black person is, they're looking at you. They, 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 hey, what's up with your hair? What you trying to do, trying to get dressed? See, it, what I'm trying to say is that mentality of how they act. If you go to, if you go in there, like, say, for instance, like Floyd Mayweather. See, that's what I'm talking about with athletes. Floyd Mayweather, a boxer. Instead of him going in, boxing ring, wearing <laughs> red, black, and green, Anything representing Africa or anything like that, right? We need they they won't do that. They won't do that. And same thing about anybody anybody that's out there, anybody that's rapping right now. You rapping right now? You 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 can't rap about that and man man make money. But we need to do that because that's what rap need to be about. That's to be honest with you, that rap should be always be about. You could talk about anything else social wise, but at the same time, man, it should be always about that. Like the Dad Press. Dad Press, man, is a group who've been doing this stuff for a long time, man. They got a lot of facts, a lot of information, a lot of they got they got a workout. They came out with a workout album, man. And the thing about it is, man, they do no profanity or none on that track and they just they trying to tell you. But the thing about it is don't nobody support that. Some people do, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people go listen to the clown stuff. You know, listen to Waka Flocka, Chief Keith, Gucci Man. I mean, no knocking them brothers. I mean, them brothers they need they need they need vision, and then sometimes they might they may eventually get it. But as of right now, they're not saying nothing. They spit not had air. They, they ain't know. nothing. There's 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 cancer, right? One is benign, which means even though you got it, you can cure it. Mm-hmm. You can wipe it out. You can take care of it. You can get rid of it. And then there's the malignant one, the malignant cancer, the cancer that's the what they call the bad cancer of the of the bad seed, as it were, so far as the the disease itself. And it's the one that you, you you hope and pray that you 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 hope and pray for the benign, because you want resolution, you want the the cleaning up of of it as as it were. You want to you want to uh, you know be able to you know overcome it. Then there's the malignant mind. It's almost like in our community. Another way to look at it is like Frankenstein. You know. Igor runs into the lab at the school, and there's two brains sitting there. Now, he doesn't want to disappoint his master. At this point, his master is Dr. Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein tells him to go in 
And there's two types of brain. It teaches Igor's ignorance. It teaches Igor to read and everything else. And when Igor goes in and gets the brain, he gets startled. And he ends up dropping dropping the, the normal brain, the brain that would have been functional, the brain that would have made the Frankenstein monster a functional, doable human being. And he picks up the abnormal or the malignant brain, the criminal brain. And Frankenstein goes on ahead and uses the brain because he doesn't know what Igor has done. And he goes on ahead and, you know, puts it together. Well, the Frankenstein gets to, to bragging after he, you know, sends the electricity through the monster. And, 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 and in this case, the brother sends the electricity through the brother. And the brother comes up to life and he's walking around and experimenting. And the, and the professor, there was this professor telling him, hey, look, you know, nothing but evil can come from this project that you've done because you've done an unnatural thing. Or you've basically followed the, the European influence as a black man, which is why you got the blonde hair and all the sexual identity crisis and all the weird stuff running through our people now based off of what somebody else is doing, right down to kissing a dog in the mouth kind of mentality. And, and 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 he says, well, look, you know, you know, it's a you know, it's a great creation that I have, doctor. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. uh, you know, you ought to know the brain came from your laboratory. And the, and the professor tells him, hey, look, the, the brain that was stolen from my laboratory was the criminal brain. And so right. and so, doctor, Dr. Frankenstein is like, oh, 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 well, it's no big deal. It's just tissue anyway. It's it's nothing to it, you know. It's you know, I'll be able to, to to coexist. I'll be able to you know to to deal with the, with the, with these evil folks and, and these these you know basically these devils. I'll be able to deal with them, no problem. Well, long story short, right? He tells them there's nothing but evil that can come from it. So let's let's retrofit all this what I just said into what we have. Here you are. You're trying to explain your position of simplicity to most folks. Simplicity, simple situation as to how we can gather our thoughts and climb and grow. But the only point is is that you're trying to give this information to the criminal brain or to the malignant brain or to the brain that can't soak up anything but following the trails of other people. And, you know, you actually see that question asked all the time on, on black pages, black studies, and black news. You know, uh, how come we can't trust each other? Well, we can't trust each other because you got too many Igors running around here uh, who are supplying bodies with the wrong brains. And it's always right. the wrong brain people that shut up and, and, and think that you can't, we can't trust our own people, that we can't trust our own minds. And then somehow, you know, just like you're saying, simple stuff like getting your hair done or, or dropping something, you know, into the into a group for for uh, you know, for you know, for people to look at and give commentary to, but not challenge you in such a way in which they think that somehow you've offended them simply because you dropped some words in on a page, but you end up dealing with the criminal brain. So the criminal brain ain't never gonna comprehend what you want to comprehend. And of course, you ain't gonna trust your brother because in reality, what you're really saying, what it really comes down to, if you want to center this thing and get go go from the outside into the nucleus, which is the center of of the of, of the of the atom, is the nucleus. You don't trust your damn self. So no, you ain't gonna be able to trust me. No, you ain't gonna be able to trust you. 
No, you're going to be able to trust your brother, somebody that really has your, your back, but for whatever reason, you can trust the guy who has a history. And their histology, as they say, has a history, right, of, of, of screwing you around, shitting on you, enslaving you. You can trust him, though, but you can't trust no, no, your no. own. No, they can't. They, 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 that's real, man. They can't. They don't, and they refuse to, you know. They refuse to. You know, it's it's, it's, um, in, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane, family. You know, you know, just like I do. It's insane, but you know, sometimes I guess, just like we always say, you got to kind of let people do what they do. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this hot one of you as we as we pay a bill or two here real quick. You know where it's coming from, but it's on the same page. This one here was one that my man, the guru. You know what I'm saying? The the, 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 the social king and the and the man with the plan from Seattle came up with it's a little bit of dead press and you'll get the idea of what we're talking about. Trust yourself and trust your peeps. We'll be right back. We could grow. We could develop. As we know that heaven is not a place. And happiness lives in the heart. Long as the world keeps turning, our duty is to keep on learning. You heard? Keep on learning. It's soaking up the game. We gon' make mistakes. We gon' go through something. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up the game. If something ain't working, don't be afraid to change. Nobody know it all as soon as you think you do, that's when you fall. We got to do more to survive, we must evolve. Things change just when you think you've seen it all. We trip, we stumble, but we get back in stride. Each day, all the way, one step at a time. Don't want to let my ego and pride make me blind. The elders say when you stop growing, that's when you die. The one who gets the knowledge is the one who asks why. Through the course of life, you're going to taste some humble pie, but I love it. It makes me appreciate the things that I take for granted. Gaining insight and understanding each one teach one we got to pass it on keep doing the knowledge building and adding on with faith in the assumption that nobody knows everything but everybody knows keep something. on learning it's soaking up the game we gon' make mistakes we gon' go through something keep on growing keep on soaking up the game if something ain't working don't Yeah, yeah. The more you know, the more you know you don't know. And if you don't know, the more you can know, then you won't grow. What you don't know can hurt you. Discipline is a virtue. Gotta ask the right questions or else you go in the cycles and cycles and spirals. Information is viral, it's infectious, it's contagious And how you going through stages like denial Don't believe that, no we didn't do that Then reality said and there's no dispute in the facts Yo I'm sorry if I woke you up But when I open up it's like I'm smoking But I'm high off the people, watch me soak it up Huey said the best education is observation and participation Study how the people be relating Different points of views turn bad news to good news See it's kinda like some shoes Cause it got to make you move Treat it like organic food Make it something you can chew Information you can use Make it something you can do
okay to say you don't know. When you let go your ego, you free from all illusion. Big, you can't make moves in confusion. Don't look for conflict, man. Always look for the solution. My pop said humility is a sign of wisdom. But to really soak it in, now that's a different kind of listening. See, man sharp a man. And every day is another lesson. And it's not failure when you learn, man. It's a blessing. And as the Buddha says, nothing lasts forever. We gotta manage our expectations. The less we crave, the less we suffer. In this way, we awaken. Right understanding. Right thought. Right speech. Right action. Right livelihood. Right effort. Right mindfulness. Right focus. Keep soaking. Soak it up. Keep on learning. It's soaking up the game. We gon' make mistakes. We gon' go through some things. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up the game. If something ain't working, don't be afraid to change. My main man, Sugar Ray, you know what I mean? Putting down the realness. With the dead prayers on some realness right there. My man, oh, yeah. thanks for that one. That's hot. That's hot. That's real hot. Dead prayers are real hot, man. Them boys, man. I, I, oh, man. That's right there. That's off the... Um, if anybody want to know what album that is, that's Dead Prayers off the Information Age album. That came out uh, about a few years ago. About, mm, I'd say about a year ago. About, probably about a year or two ago, it came out. And a lot of people slept on that album, but it's a quality album. And the thing about it is Dead Press, they've been on a tour, you know, we're on the world tour, and they got something else coming out pretty soon that's real hot, man. But those guys, man, they do it big. They do it Smoking very, no joking, very big. Smoking and no joking, family. Said, me, and my, me and my man Sugar Ray, you know, I'm down here in Portland. My man Sugar Ray, he's my high five connection to Seattle and on into Canada. This is what we do every night. That we are. Whenever you call, you know, this is that 100 radio where you call in and people are going to give you 100% of what's going down. I, I, I never, I try my best. I try my best, my best, never to interrupt this man when he's, when he's going through his thought process because he is no joke. He is no joke. Always, always on top of the game, always get, you got some realness. And this is what you're going to get from us every time you, 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 you know, you, uh, Hear us on deck now. You know yeah. we got the numbers. The, the the numbers say that folks call it in. And I've been checking the numbers, and and, and I got them here in front of me. And I'll find them here in just a second because you know my desk is a little messy. But just because I, I, I try so hard to keep stats and to do stuff, I do all kind of you know different stat yeah. work and stuff like that, and you know keep us moving. But I mean we 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 moving right along here, real nice like you know man my, like our. Like, for instance, as a matter of fact, I, I'm going to find this paper because this is that important stuff. Our stats continue to roll in where people want to, hey, what's going on? Our, our, our stats continue to roll in where we've made steadily improvements just over the last three shows because, you know, we offer something that the people like to, like to hear and like to see. Like the show that we did, the TI versus, versus um you know, Money Mayweather show that we did 
the last time we were out. It started out at three people, and it's moved its way up to 16 folks. So, I mean, there are a lot of people that that, that hear this hear this good stuff and this good knowledge that we keep coming in here with, and they are, and they are loving this to death because, like I said, they know how it is and they know how how we how we how we do things and, and, and how it goes down and we're always gonna give you that real. So our total listens the last three shows has gone from six fifty five, six sixty three, and I'm looking at the current stat right now of uh, of uh, two hundred and excuse me, six hundred and ninety six. So we're steadily climbing in the yeah, in the stats area. Our live listens have gone from eighty one to eighty three and our profile views have gone from 186 to 193. Now, keep in mind, we've only been at this a couple of months, but we're coming so real that people are loving it. Over the last oh, yeah, 10 shows, yeah, over the last 10 shows, we had, uh, we had let's see, it looks like uh, we went 140 for, what is this, for live listens, what is that, total listens, we went 184, um, uh, 191, and now we've made a jump up to T22 as of tonight. So people are in here, you know, feeling what's going on. We've gone live listening. We've gone, this over the last 10 shows from from uh, uh, 19 to 21, and the downloads went up again today where they went up, you know, from 165, 172, 198 to 201. So there's a steady progression of the archive shows, and over the last four shows, the relationships, the love and hip hop, the Sterling and 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 and, and uh, what's this here? The, the, the Sterling uh, show here, uh, and, and Cuban No Power No Respect show that we did the other night went all the way up to 32 people, and it, it started out real low. So I mean, mm. people are actually listening to what's going on. So when we talk to folks, even if y'all don't call in, for those who who who, who give that love and that respect, for those who give that. That, that, that attention of what we're doing, we're always going to give you 100% the truth. We're always going to give you 110% of what we know. We're not going to fudge it. We ain't going to fake it. We're going to give it to you, you know, straight juice. If if you want to call in, you know what I'm saying, 646-595-3402, believe me, you'll be able to get your opinion all the way in. You won't have people calling out your name. You won't have people, you know, disrespecting you. We're going to give it to you 100% every time. You know, um, I want to share something right quick, man. Um, you know, okay, this is something I want to talk about. I was just looking at the situation of, uh, you know, they're talking about the justice for Alpha Wright and, you know, what happened to him. And if you guys don't know who Alpha Wright is, he's a guy who, uh, he's a victim of a brutal murder. You know, he's a black man who was... Uh, Who's, who's missing? It was found 18 days. You know, it was reported missing for 18. You know, after 18 days, and uh, they went and looked for it and they couldn't find him. But his dad, you know, found him. You know, and found him dead in sneakers and pouch, pair of trousers. And it happened in Texas. But if, but anyway, to, to, to go along with it and talk about that, man, um, I never really talked about how close that impacted me in my relations to a lot of information, something like that. I have an uncle. I had an uncle, uh, my dad's brother, and his name was Glenn, and 
And in fear of the black planet, honey child, you can, you can, you can look on that information right on that. We, I was just discussing it with her. My, okay, first of all, my cousin, Vincent, Vincent Robinson, he died, and it impacted me very heavily. And the thing is, is that I was working at Bourne at the time, and this happened down in Texas where he basically woke up and had a heart attack and he passed away. I couldn't make it down there, but I was hurt. I was very hurt that I couldn't make it because the job, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't do it. But everybody got together for a funeral, and what's so funny about it, couldn't nobody, didn't nobody know where Glenn was. I mean, everybody got together. Everybody came from Monroe, Louisiana, over to Dallas, Texas, and they was there, and everybody was together. And I, and they, and I was going to come, and I was calling, and they said, hey, we probably got another situation. We don't know where Glenn's at. I said, what? what you mean? Nobody know where Glenn is. We everybody, the whole family got together for the funeral. We had a, you know, everybody, we had a family gathering, but he's not around. They couldn't find him, man. And they they looked and looked and looked and looked and put a search out for him. Couldn't couldn't find him. And it so happened, police ended up finding him, like. Uh, on I-20, like a little ways from Dallas, a little more west from Dallas, they found an abandoned car. And that abandoned car, this is in the summertime. This is like in July. (laughs) And that abandoned car, there was a decomposed body in the trunk. And the thing about it was my dad, Say we got some bad news. And I said, "What? I think they found Glenn's body in the back of a truck. Well, not the back of a truck, the back of a car. The trunk of a car. Now, the car, as I recall, was his car. <laughs> and what's so crazy about it? I fly down there, and I get ready to go through the funeral and everything. Closed casket. Closed casket." And I'm sitting there at this funeral crying because just so a week or so ago, my cousins, we just buried him. So I'm at this funeral and I'm looking at I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this casket that I never got. I haven't seen my uncle in a long time and, and I don't know what's going on. We all there boohooing and crying and tripping off of it. And that happened the same year Michael Jackson died. And I, what year was that? What year was that? Michael Jackson passed away. I believe it was two thousand. Uh, was it two thousand nine, two thousand ten? I think it's more two thousand ten. Probably some around that year, right? About nine or ten. But anyway, to make a long story short, that murder, that situation, to this day, is still unsolved. Now, the question I have, man, is the situation is, you find a decomposed body in the back of his own car. Well, the, the tire's on flat. It ain't like a, it ain't like he can just jump in the car and kill himself. And get in there, and it's like 100-something degrees in the summertime and Dallas. And when I look at the situation about Alfred Wright, 
There's a lot of stuff like that goes on in Texas, man. It's nothing new. You look over in Florida, it's the same thing, too. But so they're killing young kids. Those two states there are very blatant about what's going on. There's a lot of other places that do things, but Texas do it the same way. Same way. You find brothers and sisters missing to end up finding them later on, and you find them in a position to where it's too late and they're done. And I'm saying that to say that, man, that I have a situation in my family, and I'm quite sure everybody else has the same situation. I have a situation in my family, and that's some of the reasons why I created the Fear of Black Planet. Because there is so much going on to us that hit home that can happen to any one of us at any given time. Any time. That's what we talk about with white supremacy, man. This is a situation we talk about. They can come get you. They can come get you. And they can wash his hands away. And and then you can do about it. And they can cover their own mess up. Let's just say for Afro right. You know, it's kind of funny, man, that the police go out there searching, looking, 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 can't find them. But his dad walks a trail and finds him just like that. Walks the same trail that they walked in and finds him. Sounds fishy to me. And and then and still today it's not unsolved. See what I'm saying? I mean, I just I just hit my. If anybody in fear of the black panic right now, if you're in fear of the black planet right now, I just got through talking to my my auntie. Honey child, right now, about that, what I just told you, is right up on the, the Afro right story. All this, man, and, and the thing about it, man, it could be your uncle, your brother, your cousin, your nephew, niece, auntie, anybody in your family, mom, dad, it could be anybody. If you're black, it can happen to you that quick. That's why we need to wake up. We need to wake up, man. We too dumbed down, man. And think about it, man. Like I said, man, you know, there's a lot of things happening on that don't, don't get recognition. You know, it's a lot of stuff, man, that just really, really pisses me off, man. So I look at that, man, and I be thinking like, damn. Yeah, Nels. My life for sale, bro. I just put that out there, man. Let people understand, man, that, hey, you know, it's real. And we have a lot of stuff to think about, man, a lot of stuff to do, and a lot of stuff to talk about. Because, bro, <laughs> I know you got stories, and I got stories. We can go on for days and days and days sharing people to share information with these people, man. But, you know, we got to be aware, man. Man, I'm just, I'm just. I'm just wondering and worrying about my grandma right now because, uh, you know, she uh, was out here, buried out here in South Chicago, out there in, in Rose, Rose Park or Rose Lawn or whatever the hell it is out there in Illinois. And they had a bunch of uh, uh, bodies and stuff, man, in this in this, uh, in this uh, burial space out there where they was burying bodies on top of bodies. Not not marking nothing, just just digging holes and throwing stuff in there. And they had to go out there. The police had to go out there and exhume a bunch of bodies and 
make sure they was in the right place and everything else. And my grandma's buried out here in this place. Now, I haven't been back there to see, you know what I'm saying, what's going on in the shop for a long time. But my hope is just that, you know, she's still resting peacefully. And this is what I'm saying when it comes down to this cracker comedy. These aren't things that you should have to sit up and be worried about. You know, things that were you were just really just a minute ago. These are things that you shouldn't have to be worried about, you know, relating over. These should be these should be no brainer automatic morally right things that should be done. But when it comes down to our folks, and when it comes down to our peeps, you know what I'm saying? Uh I mean it, it's it's it, 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 it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's it's it, 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 that's all I can say about it. It's crazy because the things that we're we're seeing going on, these should be no-brainer things that should never happen. But these animals, man, these animals don't care. Yeah, I've said animals. These animals don't care about who they offend. These animals don't care about whether or not the right thing is done. These animals don't care about whether or not you know they treat people with the same decency that they want to be treated with. You know what I'm saying? Golden rule, hell, they don't know nothing about that. They don't know nothing about that. They don't care nothing about that. But but but, but I'm I'm gonna slice it all down and put it under the, the same uh tent or umbrella that you put yours under. It's time to wake the fuck up, man. You know, it sounds like 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 you know, Wu Tang said, Wake up or get woke up. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. You know, you, you know, you know, protect your interests. In, 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 invest well, stack your chips, have a plan. You know what I'm saying? Bottom line is as we wind down, you know, fail to plan, plan to fail. Fail to yeah. plan, plan to fail. See, we, we see the, black, the fear of a black planet, the Bossy Jeezy show worldwide, we don't care who's listening in right now. We don't care who's listening in. We 100 radio. We're going to give it to you 100%, and we're going to try to continue to build. Those who who, who, who uh, call the show, even if you don't want to uh, uh, feel comfortable about, about you know, uh, you know saying much or, or don't want to say much about, uh, you know, calling and talk about much, if you just want to sit there and listen, that's fine with us. Just continue to support, even if you're a silent, silent partner, silent supporter. All you, all you hip-hop sports cats that be calling in and just listening in, Friend, foe, enemy, whatever. Hey, look, we appreciate your support too. Haters, yes, you know what I'm saying? You're the one. You're the one group of folks that never ever that that was never out of a job the whole time we were going through a recession. Y'all always had a job. Keep doing the job. Y'all motivate me. Y'all motivate me. You motivate my man Sugar Ray too. You motivate us. Keep doing. Keep up the bad work. Keep yes, motivating. Keep, keep pushing us. Yeah, it's real talk, man. And this is grown. This is grown info. You know what I'm saying? The black grown folk info. You know, we talking real stuff. We talking real, real, real everyday live stuff. This ain't no fad. This ain't no situation that all we saw sudden on this here. No, this ain't Black History Month according to America. This is what we do. This is 24/7, 365, baby. We get it. We get it in. And I want you guys to understand that, man, that we love for you to chime in at 646-595-3402 for the Flossy Cheesy Worldwide and get it going us and let us know what's going on with you because we got a lot of 
good stuff. We like to talk about anything. There's no limit to what we can talk about. But one thing, one thing that we love and most definitely love to talk about, we love to talk about this blackness. We love to talk about this blackness because we are aware and we are there and we want you guys to know and beware that what's going on in this world that we live in. It's right. Hey, my man. That's right. My main man, Juan, you know what I'm saying? You got in, you got in under the wire just in time before the cutoff. What's going on down there in the ATL? Man, look, it's just hot, 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 and more hot right about now. <laughs> What's happening, brother? How you doing? I'm good, Sugar Ray. How you been, man? Good, man, good. <laughs> man, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, like I was, you know... It, I was reading the news headlines and reading all the Facebook pages today. People were just posting up about how um, Maya Angelou and her life. And I didn't even believe it when my wife told me. She goes, oh, yeah, Maya Angelou died. I said, really? I said, man, you talking about losing a, a, a soldier? That's a soldier right there. Yeah, it is. Man. It is a serious soldier. That, that was... I mean, there wasn't nothing that no one could tell her that wouldn't make her continue to move forward. I mean, come hell or high water, it could be pouring down rain, and she would still speak the, you know, speak of the truth. And my favorite, uh, my favorite, one of her favorite, one of my favorite poems that she wrote was "The Still I Rise." It, it was just, it, yeah, the. Yes, it's cold sister, man. Yeah. Cold, cold trooper. Rough, rough early life, and and still soldiered through. You know what I'm saying? Did what she had to do. She did everything from from dancer to to to, to dancer. If you know what I'm saying, and still rose. And still was able to to get it in and get it done. You gotta mm-hmm. love it, man. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh-huh. And you know one thing that I one thing that I um, that I really admired about her was that she uh, from uh, my wife even told me what we were talking about earlier, Flossie, about how she didn't even have a college degree, but she had nope. she didn't she didn't have a college degree, but she had people with more power behind them than she did in one finger. She had them asking her for advice and coming to her. In guidance and speaking to her yeah. about things and making decisions based off of conversations that they had with her, and it's not it's not the riches that you have, it's not the amount of power that you have, it's the amount of influence that you have. And for someone that for for someone in such a high authority to come to you and ask you about things and ask your insight and your opinion on things. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's unbelievable. It's it's beyond. It, it's monumental to see that in someone. To see someone like that operate under little, you know, under much resistance, under what you would call haterade. Yeah. A lot of people. A lot of people drinking the haterade. When she with yeah. a lot of her accomplishments, there's a lot of accomplishments yeah. that she completed and that she did that no one, no one 
will ever be able to step into her shoes and do. No matter you know no matter how much they tried, no matter how much time they did they they put into it, no one can move the mountains that she moved. She she believe she firmly believed on equality for all. Like yeah. No matter no matter rich, poor, black, white, yellow, green, blue, if, I mean she didn't care what country you were from, but she wanted to make sure that you were equal, that you knew that you were equal, that to fight what other people's beliefs or thoughts about you were, that you were equal. And that you were treated equally, and that you were treated as equal to her, right? Because a lot, because uh, a lot of these countries that you go to will treat you just how you are. If you don't speak their language, if you don't own multi-million-dollar businesses, if you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars rolling in in your pocket, then they feel they treat you like they're beneath, like you're beneath them. She never treated anyone like they were beneath her. That's why everyone humbled themselves to her. I mean, to, you know to, to, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, she won a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. And you so, know what? It's like that's an old earth when Go ahead. That's like, that, that is one of the highest honors a person can receive. A person of any... Race, religion, creed can receive is is to go ahead is to get the Nobel Peace Prize. Dr. King won a Nobel Peace Prize, Nobel uh, Peace Prize for his work. Mm-hmm. She did. She continued. She yeah, I, the way I look at it is that she continued on with Dr. King's mission. In her, and she curtailed, she, she curtailed it to her life so that people could understand it better. Right. For, and, not, and not just for not just for the generation that she was born in, but generation for future generations. She did exactly what King, what Dr. King did. His legacy is not just in his generation. It moved the mountains for generations to come after him. Well, regardless if she's here or not, with us, her spirit is still with us. Her motivation is still with us, and what she stood for is still with us. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's an old song that Earth Wind and Fire did once, or maybe it was just Philip Bailey. He says, "Not the size of your check, but the state of your heart." You know what I mean? So, I mean, long, long story short, you know, the sister brought a lot to the table. You know what I'm saying? She lived 88 years, and the whole time she was here, she had a, a, a resounding impact on her lives as well as others. She was, a, you know, a playwright, poet. Uh, you know, she, she actually produced uh, 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 songs and tracks for Roberta Flack and, and other artists. You know, she was an accomplished writer. She was actually a journalist in Ghana and, and, and uh, Egypt. So, I mean, the sister was well-traveled, man. She had been sexually assaulted as a child, and she still bounced back from that as well. She didn't speak for, like, five years. 
and cause she, and she thought when she told the name of the person that did it, she thought that she had killed the person because the person, you know, they caught up with him and got him. So she was a she was she was really affected by that. But then she again she learned from that. I mean, the, you 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 being a, 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 a Hispanic brother yourself, you know what calypso dancing is, and you know what that means. She's actually the one that you know created that that type of style and, and perfected that. And actually made movies behind her doing all that. She was just a, a pioneer of all sorts. Like I said, she will be sorely missed. So you know, God and bless you, you know, you know, one thing too that on that same note, one thing too that we were that we were discussing earlier about the ability to move people. If I saw Quincy Jones's uh, post on his Facebook page today, and his post, his post today on his Facebook page just made you really, really, I mean, move to what what was going on. If you didn't, if you didn't know who she was, which I don't know how anybody would not know who she was, but if you didn't know who she was, his words. Would have made you want to find out who she was and what she was about and what she did, because he just he he, he talked about it in such a higher scene. You would think he was talking about one of the apostles. Just the way he, just the words that he used, made made it so humbling. You you just wanted to know her if you didn't. Wow. Incredible. Well, you, well, you know what? It's, it's just about that time for the wind down. But, one, as always, you come through even for a short time, and uh, you make you make this thing happen for us, man. You know what I'm saying? You're, you always got, you know, solid words and, and, and uh, you know what I'm saying, solid solid things to, to bring to the table. And... Uh, just like anything else, man, you know, always, always glad to have you around, always glad to, to you know, have you on deck to, to add to the process. But, uh, yeah. you know, we're going to go on. And, hold on, just a like, Sugar Ray. Oh. I think Sugar Ray having a conversation in the background. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going we gonna to wind this all down. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad you called. We're still going to have to get into those Georgia politics because I'm always interested in, in, in stuff like that. Tomorrow is another regular scheduled day for a show, so we're going to get into that tomorrow. And I'm going to I'm going to frame the Georgia politics in there, and I'm probably going to start the show a little earlier tomorrow around six. You know what I'm saying? Um, nine your time. If you're not okay. Hey, look, I'm I'm oh, I'm always available for you. You know, I've been quite busy with some of the stuff that's been going on in my own personal life, but uh, I can definitely make time and make it a point to be there. Well, I hope I hope stress isn't one of the things that you've been experiencing because I don't I don't I don't no, want you going through it, stress, man. It, it, it's it's not it wasn't so much the stress. It's just I've been you know uh, working on different projects and working on different things and trying and working on promotions and stuff like that um, within what I do currently so I've been working on that and then um, just 
you know, family life. Gotta uh, just. Here you go. Well, that's always the most yeah. important thing. That's always takes precedence over over the shows and things that we do. We know you out there. We know you help. You're helping. You know to keep this 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 drive alive. Sugar Ray, you back in the building? Okay, well, we're going to, like I said, we're going to go ahead and wind this <laughs> down before, before we run all the way out of sorts. But I'd love to talk to you tomorrow night. Folks out there, oh, yeah. 646-595-3402. Uh, as my man Sugar Ray would say, you know, the revolution is is, is, is a movement. It's also a process. I'm going to say God bless and good night. And for my man, Mr. Juan Martinez, any parting shots? Well, I would say assalamu alaikum, but uh, <laughs> that'll work. That'll work. Uh, but uh, other than that, just keep on moving and and continue to work to collectively make this world a better world. Make leave leave this world a better way for the future generations than when you came in. How you Fabulous. do that is all is all decided on how what you want to do with your life. That's a beautiful shot. Well, on that note, we gonna we gonna send it on home as we always do with my main man Bobby Caldwell, and it's a process. You know what I'm saying? Like you always say, what you won't do for love, <laughs> we do it all for <laughs> love. R.I.P. Maya Angelou. You know, God bless you folks out there in Radio Land, the Flossy Jeezy Radio Network, and it's been another great show, but it's time for us to go. God bless y'all, and good night.
Make me do 